0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Naughty Nerds and this week's episode I've managed to persuade one of our SEO clients who is also the producer of this podcast, Neil from Podnos, to jump on and have an amazing chat with me. Naughty <laughs> Nerds! Neil is here, Neil is from Podnose and Neil actually produces this podcast which is very odd. Be recording an episode with Neil, but hello, Neil. <laughs> no pressure. I'm not judging you in any way, shape, or form. This I know. I think that actually. I was like, mm, make sure I'm on my best behaviour. <laughs> not at all. Relax,
1: relax, relax. Beep. Have a gin.
0: <laughs> yes. Have a gin. Amazing. So SEO, we met each other and we started our lovely relationship probably about just over a year ago now.
1: Naughty nerds. Oh, I think it's probably getting on for closer to two now, but yeah, certainly we've been working actively together for a year. I
0: would say, yeah, amazing. Because I remember I've always spoke to you about podcasts. I was like Neil, I'm going to start a podcast, and you're like, yeah, okay. I'm going to start. Yeah, I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to do it now, Neil. Can you help me? And then when we started working on the podcast, started doing your SEO of your website, built your brand new website as well from your other. Masterpiece of a website
1: before. (laughs) Now, come on, be honest. It was atrocious. Come on, you can say it.
0: Yeah, it it wasn't. (laughs) That's what you're here for. (laughs) (laughs) We bought you a new website, we got that up and running, and then we started to look at the SEO, didn't we? Yeah, you did in in quite a big way.
1: And I mean, what I'm going to say, first of all, I know you haven't actually asked me a question yet, but I'm just going to dive straight in there and just say how awesome. You guys at Nautilus are with your SEO. You absolutely know what you're doing. I mean, I th- this is coming from a guy who has kind of the broad strokes around SEO. I know what it is, I know what it does, <laughs> and I know broadly how you're supposed to do it. But even with that, I mean, I've been doing SEO in podcasting because as you will know, Tom, having worked with me, the premise, you know, the parameters of SEO within podcasting, it has its own form of SEO. You're optimizing the podcast content within the apps and where it's display, you know, where the content's displaying. So to a certain extent, it is largely the same thing, but the way that podcast SEO works is a little bit different. Having a bit of a knowledge of SEO in the first place, but then having you coming in and going, oh yeah, yeah what you've been doing, yeah, it's, it's all right, but it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> Turning it up to, you know, to volume 10, it's just been incredible. And I absolutely urge anybody who thinks they know seo probably there's lots of us we always think yeah i've got myself a squarespace website i know what i'm doing i don't need to spend money on this stuff and then you wonder why you're on page 34 of google for your search terms i just i'd say if you think you know seo you don't and you need to have a chat with this chap here tom from nautilus marketing
0: naughty nerds well, what a better testimonial. Than the, I think we just leave it there, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really appreciate that. And I think, I know you've heard me record this in episodes before, but I wish everyone would treat SEO like their accountancy fees or their VAT bill or their tax bill and stuff, because so many people miss out on it. And you spend, you know, some clients, and I've recorded an episode recently about this, where a client was spending like 35K, 50K a month on their Google ads alone. And they weren't doing any SEO and I nearly fell off my chair and had to have a gin (laughs) and tonic afterwards. And I was like, what are you doing? And I think if everybody just invested a little bit of time, even if they did it themselves, you know, SEO is is such a wonderful thing. And I'm so glad that we started to work on your SEO about a year ago because I know I keep sending you messages at like four in the morning after I'm looking in SEMrush as I go through our clients. I'm like, Neil, you're on page one for podcasting audit or podcasting code. And you're like, oh, my God so it's nice cuz you can see tangible results can't you which is quite nice
1: you mentioned in an episode not that long ago about the buzz that you get and that nerdy rush you get when you're getting <laughs> results for your clients and i i totally relate to that because you know with what i do as well you know when you get a podcast that Leads to something like their podcast website turning up for a search term, which is largely the same as what you do, but slightly different in yeah. in terms of the results you're looking for, you know, or the client gets a phone call from somebody who wants to work with them on their i t or on their telemarketing or, or whatever it is. I totally get the buzz that you get from it because it is such a complex, complicated thing that although you've got ninety percent of the knowledge of what you're doing, there is that ten percent isn't there of the magic kind of sprinkled dust that where you just go, oh, wow, okay, I didn't expect that to work. Okay, that's fantastic. So I yeah. totally get why you're up at four o'clock in the morning looking at your <laughs> client's results and going, oh, yes, we did it again, another good result. It's, yeah, it's, it. there is, it's addictive. It's absolutely addictive.
0: It is very addictive. And especially, you know, Google is this mysterious thing which we can try and understand of what's going on. But, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, we're going to release an update and it's going to absolutely wreck everything we're doing. It's not like a set process and you've got to do this. And if you do this for two weeks, you're then going to hit that. It's a very methodical process, but also, you know, you've got to make sure you know what you're doing. We don't know what Google going to do. It's a very much a guessing game sometime. And we only know that from clients that we've worked with. And if this strategy works for their blog content, then it's probably going to work for another client. So it's quite nice to, you know, as you said, get that rush because it, it is lovely. And I do love it because... When I've said to you, oh, we're on the first page for this keyword, you're like, oh my God, that's great. Or when you message me and say, Tom, I've had a lead come through the website. That's the bit that I really, really like. Because when you start SEO with a, with a website, just like your website, when we started initially, you're ranking for a few keywords on like page five or page six. You'd never given any TLC to the keywords that you want to target. And then when we start to do that and start to do other different bits and bobs and looking at your off page and looking at your competitors off page and seeing what they're doing, it's nice because we can steal some of their tactics and get your ranking for some of your keywords as well, which I love. And I think also what's worth pointing out really from the the client side
1: of this is that Yes, there were a couple of keywords that I I wouldn't even say I was ranking for them. I think you're being really nice and generous with that. I think there was a sort of broad awareness within the Google machine of these keywords existing on my site somewhere. But what you'd actually done was you'd identified that Okay, these keywords, you're being found for them, but they're not really doing you any favors anyway. You know, you need to be ranking for podcast coach, podcast production, you know. Hello, the things that you do, it would be nice if you were ranking for them. And that was the sort of, for me, the light bulb moment of, yeah, okay. So, you know, Neil Velio, because of the radio career that I had, Neil Velio was doing all right in Google. So wherever I took that, really, that sort of had some sort of impact on any website anywhere, which I was involved with. But people aren't searching Neil Velio to get their podcast done unless they know of me from the radio career. So when you've got some guy in Wyoming or you know Florida somewhere that wants some consulting on their podcast they're not going to be searching Neil Velio they're going to be searching podcast consultant and am I right in thinking Tom I think you got me ranked number one for that term haven't you
0: interesting we Neil (laughs) (laughs) yes and I love as he said that buzz that you get and just knowing that If I look for a plumber, I'm going to Google and I'm going to go and search. And if you're on that first page of Google, I'm going to go on your website and see what you're doing. And I think I've seen some posts on LinkedIn recently saying, oh, SEO is dead, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, it's not. And I think us as an agency ourselves, we do our own SEO. We do our own Google ads. And our website is like a little bit of a testing ground for different things that we're going to be doing and keywords and all that kind of stuff. And it's a given, isn't it? If you're going to go to Google and look for a podcasting coach or a podcasting consultant, we want you to come up. So you're going to get people going onto your website and at least knowing who you are and getting in touch, you know, for a potential service. And a quick question, though, is completely random to anything we spoke about. Why did you make the transition from in radio through to podcasting? Because I guess it's similar Obviously, you're getting paid to do a two hour show and then you go home, and, you know, have a gin and tonic.
1: Firstly, I love that you've made that connection that every single radio broadcaster in the world wants to go home for a G&T uh, because that's how dark and depressing their lives are. But, do you know, honestly, the real, genuine, honest answer to it is that it was just one of those natural evolutions, I guess, where. I'd been doing radio for, I mean, 25 years, I think, Uh, you know, if I was to count all the continuous periods that I was doing radio, it was probably in total about 25 years. And I'd been dabbling with podcasting from the very beginning, really. I got into radio in the mid 90s and then I worked at a radio station where it was on on the internet and a very primitive form of what we now understand as Sky Q. Uh, back when it was just like twenty channels, and there was a lot of radio on there as well, a lot of radio stations and the The radio station I worked for that was also the internet one, was a, one of the first on sky, so there was a lot of buzz and excitement around this pioneering station and because of that, the, you know my boss created a bit of an atmosphere of just try stuff, just experiment, yeah. and so I uploaded some audio of my radio show to the internet as a podcast. It was an m p three two hours of audio. And it was just uploaded to the website. And obviously this was at a time when you couldn't really do that. There was not really, you know, you had, now you still have to get hosting to host your MP3 files, as you'll know. And back then we didn't even have that facility. So it was just a very maverick way of me going, right, there's a widget I can put on the website. It was quite a complex website at the time. It was well designed and you could just upload audio to it. So I did. (laughs) And <laughs> it crashed the website on the first time. And what it did was I looked at the analytics of that. I looked at the stats and I noticed that I knew who was listening to my live feed. So through the internet and I had a vague idea because of the metrics they were doing through what they call radar, who was listening through the sky feed as well. Yeah. So to marry those two together, I had a rough idea of the, what we would call linear listeners were, but. These new on demand listeners that was new territory and when i saw the numbers for the on demand listeners were actually beating out <laughs> the live listeners wow before it crashed the website i kind of thought hmm and of course when you look at it and this is a big part of what i do the analytic side of things analyzing patterns and you know seeing how trends are working with with audio listening you kind of work it out that okay so my show was 2 till 6 in the uk So obviously, a big part of my audience was the UK, but it was also a big part that was the US, which was almost treating it as kind of like a late morning show. But then you had the West Coast that had it as very early in the morning. So all those people in California and on that West Coast of the US They were catching the tail end of my show. So obviously what they were going, oh, I like the end of the show, but I quite like to hear, oh, there's some audio of it on the website. I'll go and download that. So then that obviously triggered in me an idea that we really need to not have this geographical barrier around our content because I know yourself, Tom, you've got listeners in China, you've got listeners in Azerbaijan, you've got listeners in Sri Lanka, you've got them in Iceland, Finland, you know, America, Australia, parts of you know europe belgium spain you name it you've got listeners everywhere and i think that's what we have to understand with any kind of content not just podcasts but with seo as well which is bringing it back to the point really that you can never write off any intended audience with this stuff you have to understand that anybody could be interested in what you're producing if you make it easy for them to find it and there we are back to the point (laughs) (laughs) So it really sort of stemmed from, you know, an excitement. It was, you know, radio was its thing and I enjoyed it. And I liked working within the parameters of expectation of you come in, you do this content, you entertain people, you go home. With podcasting, it it was so uncharted. It was such new territory and it excited me. And I think the more I dabbled with it and experimented with it within radio stations and understood that actually if I produce this podcast content for this radio station, which is taking their news from the week. And actually the audience is listening to this podcast are higher than the listeners tuning into the news when it's going out on the radio. Oh, And that's, that's kind of where it came from really. And and of course the opportunity when, when lockdown happened to, to go into it full time, too much to resist. I just thought I've got to go all in. This is the best opportunity. It's the only opportunity I'm really going to have to do to just drop everything and go for this full time. And Here we are now a couple of years later, and I couldn't be happier.
0: Naughty nerds. So when you went from the transition of being at the radio and then starting this full time, I guess, I guess you built your first website. And then when you had that website, were you marketing it anyway? Or was it just a case of connecting with as many people as you can? Because you weren't doing too much SEO, were you on the actual website? The first one that you had.
1: I had a website for my radio personality stuff, so... I was trying to get, you know, I do a bit of stage work. So, you know, I'd have corporate gigs where people would say, oh, you do that radio show. Yes, we'd like to hire you to talk to our customers and stand on the stage for Christmas light switch ons and things like that. And then I had like the weddings and things I was doing as a DJ on the side. So it was very much, although I never really went all in on the events industry, I was running an events business for all intents and purposes. And then sort of doing some consultancy, radio consultancy during the week. So almost like a weekend warrior. And when that dried up, I kind of went, well, okay, we're not going to get any gigs, you know, doing corporate VIP stage hosting or weddings for a while because that whole industry has gone kaput. So might as well turn this into a podcast site. So that was literally what I did. I just essentially steered the content away from radio stage DJing to Podcasts. I know how to do podcasts. Hello. If you need a podcast edited, I'm I'm here. And and of course, you all know yourself. My business was very different back then. Anyway, it was very much editing people's content, sending it back to them, yeah. and then you know having them deal with it themselves. And and obviously, you know, when I got my and that was a confidence thing. That was about me not wanting to be accountable to people's results at that point because it was I was scared. It was a brand new business. I just started using a new skill set, and I kind of thought, well. I don't really want to promise results because I don't know if I can get them. I mean, I, I think I can, but I can't guarantee it. And I don't want someone getting angry because, you know, I'm saying I can get their podcast getting listeners. And if they get four listeners, ah! So, <laughs> but then I thought, well, no, I'm bloody good at what I do. And, you know, I know this stuff. I've been doing it for years and I understand how it works. I get the idea of it. I get how to publish. I get how to market. it. And I just went, you know, all in eventually, and that's what you know. As you now understand, I am the full shebang. But yeah, in terms of marketing and SEO, literally none before you came along. To be honest with you, it was it was all hit and hope. I was using LinkedIn. LinkedIn has been brilliant. I would say probably most, if not all, of my stuff, all my you know the client work I've been doing has come from LinkedIn in some way, way, shape, or form. So yeah, it's just been. Reputational, really getting the start getting the content out there, and thankfully, some of it got found even without your help. And now that you're helping, even more of it's getting
0: found. So, there we go, brilliant! <laughs> I don't even remember how we got connected on LinkedIn. You know, I think we must have been connected prior, or I might have connected with you. And it's been so nice because I remember exactly when we started the SEO, it was more focused on that sort of production element of taking people's content editing because we were ranking for like podcast editing services and stuff, and then over time. When we've got top rankings for those, we've switched out, and as you sort of gelled into sort of the podmaster you are now, we've gone into more of that consulting space, haven't we? Let's see, drop that in. Yeah, no, I love
1: it on brand. Brilliant! You're paying attention. That's great. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's what I was doing before was not really me best serving people. Honestly, I mean, any schmo, and I said this on a on a live call the other day, actually, myself and three other podcast professionals, and one of the things we. Discussed was that it's not enough now to edit podcasts for people because any schmo can do that. You know, you go on Fiverr, you can pay someone twenty-five quid an episode. It's not going to sound great. Don't get me wrong; it will sound atrocious, but you know, because invariably it's being done by somebody that doesn't even understand the space or understand how podcasts are and what they do and and how they work and what they should sound like. So you're you're literally paying someone just to take a menial task off your hands. That is just really, you know, you're paying them for the privilege of being as disinterested and disengaged as you are in the work, but they're being paid for it. And it's when you step away from that, you understand, actually, the value that people like myself offer is that we understand not just how to make you sound good, but what your ideal listeners are listening for and also where they're hanging out and how you can maybe. Target, look very much like you do, but even more specific to apps. You know, I can understand what someone in Apple Podcasts might be searching for. It might be different from what they would search for in Google. So it's about understanding that and almost positioning it in the way through the titling and through the content, the kind of things people might be looking for. And when you can get a grasp of that, you understand how much more effective the podcast can be. And so that for me has been where it's been about. It has been. Understanding what my competitors do, which is obviously a big part of what you do as well with the SEO side, but it's also about understanding how that fits into the broad content machine that is your marketing. And I think this is why we work brilliantly together, to be honest with you, Tom, is because you understand the sort of the back-end stuff of it brilliantly. I understand the dynamic content side of it. And when you merge those together, you've got the double whammy of the podcast content being massively optimized and strategic. And then you've got the SEO website stuff that's pushing that. And it's a marriage made in heaven.
0: It is. I mean, what more can you say? (laughs) If you're wanting to generate more leads for your business, then why not book in a discovery call with one of our nerds and we can chat to you all about the benefits of Google Ads, PPC and how you can get your phone to start ringing contact forms coming in from your target audience who are warm, hot traffic None of this cold traffic business that you get with Facebook ads, these will be real prospects that are interested in your business that have gone to Google and they have found your wonderful website and your landing page. So if you're wanting to bring in more revenue to your business and start that lead generation journey, head over to nautilusmarketing.co.uk to book in a discovery call with one of our nerds and we can take that next step and recently when we've launched the new naughty nerds website we've done exactly that you told us exactly what to do from a content perspective and now you're like tom you've got all this content and yeah we're publishing out on all these platforms for the podcast but you don't have a website for it and it's not going on your website i was like oh my god this guy knows what he's doing it's amazing <laughs> and we've done that we've built a new website all the podcasts are being uploaded every week and the archive is being uploaded shortly And that's going to be so good because that content is there. We're already ranking for some keywords to that website as well. And we do some content optimizations on it too. So just by us working together in terms of podcasts and websites, it's a match made in heaven and for all of your other clients as well that we've done stuff on. It's taking the content that you have in audio and maybe putting in video, as we talked about earlier, or then putting it on a website and then utilizing that for your social. So it's great because you've got all this content and even Gary on my social team was like, Tom, we've got all this content. It's amazing. I can create posts for days and weeks and hours and whatever, because we've got all of those reels. And now we're doing video stuff with the podcast and we're taking little tip bits and doing blogs on the Nautilus website. So it, it gives you and allows you to have so much content, which you can then repurpose for other different bits and bobs as well, which is why podcasting, SEO marketing, it all just gels in so nicely, which is what I love. And quick question for you, when we sort of started our relationship and talking about podcasts and SEO, how did you feel by saying, Tom, I want you to do my SEO and I trust you and you know what you're going to do? How did that feel? Because it's really interesting of some people don't want to outsource things a bit like people with their, you know, they might edit the podcast themselves. How did it feel for you as in? outsourcing this part of your business where you knew bits and bobs you know were you thinking tom and the team can do a better job than me or was it a case of i need to do this so we can get some more leads in like how did that process feel yeah
1: i mean you you've absolutely nailed it it is one of those situations where i personally i am one of these people that is of the mindset of yeah i might know what i'm doing but why would i invest my time in something where i'm going to get to the 75 percent. i mean i understand the podcast side of it and i understand the content marketing the seo side of that but in terms of getting you know i would never in a million years approach a client and say i'm going to get your entire business website on the front page of of google i just (laughs) i mean i yeah i you get you lock me in a room for a year and you say neil you're not coming out to you you reach a front page of Google, I'm probably going to do it because I want to get out of that (laughs) blooming room. But in terms of actually being able to do it with purpose and with insight, no, you know, I do what I do really well. What I do really well is take nuggets of content and optimize it so that people can be found for that particular stuff, whether that be through YouTube, whether that be through their podcast on the apps, whether it be, you know, on a random website, you know, all that. Yeah, I can do, but I'm a 75% with general website SEO guy you're 100%. So in my mind and this is what I try and convey to everybody, you know, I get people that that come to me and they'll say, "Well Neil, you know, I'd quite like you to edit my podcast, but I don't really want you doing the the management side of it." And I'm then, "Well, I would work with somebody else then, honestly, because, you know, the truth of the matter is, yeah, you might be able to do a 75% effective job as I can do with your content, but I'm going to do 100% with it. You know, I'm going to get you the results that you want. Frankly, you're not. You're just not. Because number one, you don't understand how it works. Number two, you don't understand the shortcuts. Number three, you don't understand the secret sources that I know you've got with general SEO. (laughs) (laughs) And number four, you probably don't have the time. You haven't got the systems. You haven't got the processes that allow you to put these things in action. You're going to be, oh, well, I will do this. I'll do it Friday. Then Friday comes, and then you've got a client call, and it never gets done. Whereas it's literally my job to make sure that when this thing needs to go out on Friday, that's what I'm here for. I am making sure that thing that you in the heat of the moment when you're taking the sales call. Hello. Hello. Yes. Yes. I'd love to. I'd love to have your money. Thank you. Yes. Work with your Monday when you're doing that and you think that's the most important thing at the moment. It might not be. The more important thing might be the thing you didn't do on Friday that will get you the bigger client that will pay you the more money that affords you the ability to not have to go, hello, hello, yes, please, please give me your money. (laughs) And I think that's kind of the point with this is that when you get into that mindset of, yes, I can do this, but this person can do it a lot better and a lot more efficiently, effectively. And to be honest with you, when you work out the cost of your own time, probably more affordably in the grand scheme of things because of what they're going to get done within that time metric, it's a no brainer. So for me, honestly, Tom, it, was a, it wasn't It was much of a decision. It was like, this guy's on LinkedIn. I've seen his stuff. He knows his
0: stuff. I like him. He rants a bit. I quite like that because I rant a bit. Let's get it going. I think that might be how we actually connected because I, I used to post a lot of rants on LinkedIn. <laughs> uh, and I think it that is, actually yeah. might have been how we got connected all those years ago. So my rants paid off. There we go. (laughs) They did. They
1: absolutely, um, all my rants pay off as well. Although people probably look at me and go, oh God, Velio's off on one again. He's doing some more slagging off the competition or he's doing some more taking the mickey out of people with blue yetis, but they all come for the sales (laughs) calls.
0: Oh yes. And I remember actually, I was going to mention this ages ago on episode, but I've never got around to it. Probably when we launched your website, your new website. So when was that? About nine, 10 months ago do you remember you had someone reach out to you on LinkedIn or an email and they were like, Oh, your website's not optimized. Your page speed is really, really <laughs> slow. And you were like, Tom, is this true? And I was like, Nope. So I pulled up all the stats and I recorded, there's an episode on the podcast about red flags with SEO agencies. And I see this all the time. You wouldn't believe Neil, the amount of emails I get per day to my email address saying, Oh, we can get your website on the top of page one of Google. And I'm like, we're the, Bloody marketing company, all these spam (laughs) messages coming out. Because I remember you messaged me and you were like, Tom. I think my website's doing really well. I, I wouldn't have thought it would be like a grade F in terms of speed, but Neil, it's a grade B. in your you like, assure
1: oh. me? <laughs> no, not at all. It wasn't even, I mean, listen, I still get these emails every day now, and I just bin them. You know, you'll get someone saying, no, your website is is really nice, and I like it, and it's well designed, but it's not approaching page one of Google. I'm like, well, actually, that's where you're wrong, because I know from the report that I got from Nautilus Marketing two weeks ago that it is, but anyway. Listen, we all get that. I mean, I get podcast people that come to me and they'll say, you know, I understand your podcast that you produce as a podcast producer and expert could be better. And I'm like, I'm always interested to find out what they would point out. And it's really interesting that they they always recommend optimizing by this mysterious thing that they promise where they can guarantee you the chart Uh, positioning. And I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. All right, bye. I just think that's the nature, isn't it, of when you're, you know, out there, when you're putting yourself out there and you're you're a victim of your own results. You know, people wouldn't even know you exist unless you were doing something right. So when people know that you exist because you're doing something right and they approach you, you're going to get these people saying, oh, yeah, but I know you're doing something right because I've seen your stuff. But you're not doing something right. Can I please, you know, sell you my services? And I think that's just that's the nature of the beast. But no, at no point have I ever doubted what you guys are doing. And to the contrary, you know, I can sleep at night knowing that even if I don't understand it fully, and I don't always, I mean, I still have no clue what offsite SEO is really. I've got a vague idea. It's probably something to do with blogs. But anyway, <laughs> I'm still looking at that and going, 8,000 links what (laughs) who who are they spamming and yet you look at the spam thing and it says less than one percent so you're like wow even that's cool so (laughs) never ever a moment of doubt but yeah for me it's just about you know it's about understanding that you know that you guys know what you're doing you've obviously studied it You're practitioners at the game and and i think for anybody that is listening to this and is concerned about outsourcing SEO and there are a lot of dodgy people out there. I mean oh there are podcasts I listen to. There's a podcast I listen to just basically because I'm I'm you know scoping out the competition for you. Their whole thing is all about well, black hat SEO. Should you or shouldn't you do it? And I'm like, "No!" <laughs> <laughs> this episode should be 10 seconds long. "No, you shouldn't." And I was quite surprised, actually, that that episode ended with, well, now you know the facts. Now you can make a decision on whether or not you should do Black Hat SEO. I'm like, what? No. Naughty nerds. I actually seen
0: on LinkedIn recently a couple of job adverts for Black Hat SEO managers. And they were like based in London and Birmingham. And I was like, people are still doing this stuff? Yeah, not the best. But it's quite ironic because we get those emails all the time saying, oh, you know, your website's not optimized. And if I've maybe had a gin or I'm a bit tired, I'll just reply and I'll just have a bit of a laugh and I'll just egg them on a bit. It's a bit sad in it, but I enjoy, I enjoy putting people through torture, Neil.
1: <laughs> yes, Granny, I find you attractive. I will dance with you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All those emails that you get like, oh, you know, I'm Prince so-and-so and I have 10 million pounds to give you. I'm like, oh yeah, sure. I'll give you my bank oh. details if you really want. But Coming on to sort of wrapping things up, I just wanted to ask you a quick question. So if anyone is considering maybe working on SEO or outsourcing it or working with us or even working with another SEO agency, even though why would they want to do that? What advice would you give to someone as a business owner that's done some SEO to sort of branch out and start that? Maybe they're working on paid ads at the moment, have never put their toes into the water. Like, How valuable has it been for you and your business, I guess, is the question I was going to ask.
1: I mean, it's just, uh, words cannot express how important it's been. I mean, it really does help do a lot of the heavy lifting, to be honest with you. I now, as a result of the work that you guys have done, I can worry less about putting out content about the importance of working with a podcast consultant now, because you've essentially, you've done that job for me. I mean, I do still do that. My platform for that now is usually LinkedIn, because obviously LinkedIn, you've got people that haven't made that journey yet into your space they're still sort of getting to know you so it is still important to sort of do that kind of surface you know top of the funnel kind of content to get those people and and attract them and let them know what you do but in terms of the actual on-site stuff it's done a massive amount having myself you know what i do ranking in google with the content there for it that people can find out more about me so Anybody that's thinking about doing it, it's a no-brainer. I mean, what would you rather do? Would you rather spend thousands and thousands per year on content and on advertising that maybe 2% of your intended audience is ever going to see because they're just not in the right mindset of that at that particular moment. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that Facebook ads are not effective. We know they are if they're done right. But what I'm saying is if you've got somebody that's on Facebook and they're in the mindset of looking at pictures of cats or babies or their, you know, their favorite dog or whatever, they're not necessarily going to be in the mindset of looking for what you are offering. Whereas your website, that's exactly what it does. And if you've got, targeted content that is well optimized and is getting in the right eyes you know the people that are putting that thing and you know we all do it google am i going to die today you know all that sort of stuff <laughs> your service offering is showing up for these paranoid fools that you know don't want to go on facebook because i hate facebook because i'm too busy being paranoid about dying then at least you got them on that platform instead. And, and it's, we all know that marketing, it's not one size fits all. It all works together as a machine. So why would you spend all that money on creating the content, putting it on the platforms, putting it out on social media, spending the money on that and not doing it on your own website and not promoting your own website in that way? And, you know, yes, Google ads are great. But you'll be spending a lot less on your Google Ads if you've got some pretty decently optimized
0: SEO stuff anyway. So yeah, it's it's an absolute no-brainer. I said that recently to a client. I said, well, it's probably cheaper actually if you did SEO than PPC in Google Ads because you've got all those target people that are there and ready. And yeah, it might take a bit longer for SEO, but it's probably worth it in the in the long run. And I like to use the analogy that SEO is like a mortgage of your house. You invest in it. It's your property. And then Google Ads is a bit like renting. You know, you're renting that first spot and the two work perfectly well together. But depending on the client, sometimes SEO is the best way and, and sometimes Google Ads is the best way. And we've only been working on the, the SEO side of stuff and it's been going phenomenally well. And I get that buzz every time we get a new keyword for you. And the keyword actually, I think it's podcast audit that we changed only a couple of weeks ago You're on position five already in the UK.
1: I didn't even know that. That's amazing. (laughs) Your
0: report's not with you just yet, but there you go. So insider information there. So yeah, when you build up your SEO and you get to a good stage, we can start ranking for keywords. I mean, so easily you've invested that time and that money over the past year in your SEO. And now if you want to target a keyword, call us up, we get it started. And in the next couple of weeks, hopefully, you know, we get to a good ranking like we have today. And um, yeah. I think it's bloody good. <laughs> I'd actually go one step further, Tom, with
1: the whole, you know, the building on rented land and, you know, all that sort of stuff. I would say the Google Ads is, is essentially like building an extension, borrowing the money, never paying it, and then having them rip it down after two weeks when your campaign's ended. Yeah. Do you want that? Do you want a kitchen with a massive hole in it? No? Well, then invest in your
0: blooming SEO. There you go. I'm going to screen that now. And every time I have a conversation with the client, I'm going, can I just play you this? <laughs> but thank you so much. Neil. No, I've really enjoyed having a chat and I'm glad I could persuade you to take time of your busy schedule to have a chat. Cause
1: the truth of it is listener. I begged him to come on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, when I was like, Neil, actually should we record a podcast together? And you were like, Tom, I thought you'd never ask. And I was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> you're one of our clients. You're a podcast <laughs> producer. You work on our podcast, uh, duh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've had a blast, and and I really enjoy. It. And, and anybody that's just finding this, whether. You've discovered it through, you know, one of my pages or on my content, or you found it on Nautilus. Please do go back and listen to the Naughty Nerds podcast episodes. There's been episodes on all kinds of stuff. I mean, you've you've featured Black Hat SEO, which was one of my favorite ones, <laughs> Google ads, Facebook ads, you know, even things as as diverse as uh, you, you know, people setting up restaurant businesses in London and things like that. So there's been all manner of businessy it's not just SEO. A lot of business insight on there as well. So as an avid fan of Naughty Nerds, even though I cut the thing up and put the music on it, I'm a massive <laughs> fan. I highly recommend it.
0: Thank you very much, Neil. I really appreciate that.
1: Naughty Nerds.
0: Well, there you go. What, what more can we say of that fantastic episode? It was such a pleasure to chat with Neil, and I can't believe I'd never brought Neil onto this podcast before. It didn't even cross my mind. But there we go. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you have, make sure you're following on your favourite podcasting platform. Join me next week, every Friday for a brand new episode. Stay awesome, stay safe, but most importantly, stay nerdy.
1: Naughty Nerds.